0: Father we thank you today for your presence we thank you today for the just the thousands of years of history lord of your proven reality that father the devil has been defeated and his strategies of deception have been destroyed the only thing that stands in the way is our heart will we believe will we receive the freedom that you have given us and every man by your grace has been given that choice it's a choice choose to believe or not to believe choose to receive or not to receive and father our hearts cry for our families that don't know you yet for our cities for our nations and our our, the depths of our cry father god for the souls of men Father, at the end of the day, man has a choice. And every man one day will stand before you. And there's not one man that will not at some point in his life have had that opportunity. Help us to be vessels that you can use in these last days. That do not allow the deception and the lies and the the deceit that is in us sorry, in this world, to overcome our hearts and help us to be focused on the purpose, the kingdom purpose that you've given the body. The commissioning that you gave 2,000 years ago is the commissioning that we have as your body in this moment. Help us all to embrace our part. Help us to embrace our bit. Help us to do what we need to do. We can't do it all, we can't do everything, but all of us have a part to play in this moment in history. We pray today that you would help us all to play our part and to do our bit. And Father God, not, not to mock others, not to judge others, but simply get on with what we're called to do. Keep our own noses and hearts clean. Help us to stay pure and not allow this this infection of hurt and hatred and fear and discouragement to come into our lives as we see the pain that others are going through. Help us, Holy Spirit, to stay pure. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, "Amen, amen." amen. You can have a seat for a moment. It is an honor to be here again, and I just we're, we're so grateful uh, uh, for this house and for your pastors, the friendship and the partnership, and the trust that has been built over many y- years. As very special to us you know we we have the honor of traveling all over the world and and it's you know sometimes you get used to it but you got to stop and think i mean it's, it's a miracle to do what we do you know it's a calling not everyone has that calling not everyone has that anointing but it's a sign and a wonder it's incredible to see the doors that god opens up for the ministry that we have now we're celebrating this year 25 years full time on the mission field and and so um, and with with that, the Holy Spirit spoke to our hearts very very clearly to begin to document all our experience throughout these years. And so we have a book that we have written, and it's called. Um, if we can have it up there, it's called the, the ecosystem, called the e- the ecosystem of heaven on earth, a kingdom within. When I was here the last time, I spoke about a kingdom within. And today I want to read from chapter 6 of this book, and it's called A Kingdom of Purpose. Say purpose. Matthew 24 and verse 14, and it says, In this gospel of the kingdom... Shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And this gospel, this good news of the kingdom, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. The message that God has placed on my heart this morning is called a kingdom of purpose. Say, purpose. Reading from chapter 6 in my book, it says he's telling the media, he's telling the media we're more famous than the Rolling Stones. Are you kidding me? I couldn't believe what I was hearing. The police high commissioner of Regensburg in Germany was introduced to Jesus less than three months before we arrived. And the church we were Working with had, in, had trusted him with the responsibility of organizing our event. Welcoming up us with open arms, he picked up the band and I from M- Munich Airport. It was an awesome feeling to be back in Europe. Our first imp- impressions of this man were that he was an extremely passionate person. To begin with, he was... One of these Christians who absolutely was on fire for Jesus. Anybody here like that today? Located in the south of Germany, the people of Bavaria can be known for their directness, their passion, and their enjoyment of the simple pleasures of life. Our host couldn't stop talking and used his hands to explain everything. As he planned for the concert in June of 2002, our host used his connections as the police high commissioner to arrange for a local beer company to fund our event. Is that special? He met us at the airport and the whole drive from the airport to the hotel, he talked about the incredible doors that had opened. His enthusiasm was contagious after a long flight that this is exactly what we needed. We checked into a hotel, and then we made it down to downtown Regensburg to where the concert was, nestled gracefully between the Danube and the enchanting restaurants all around us with medieval architecture all around us, a large stage covered, served as the perfect platform for us to share the music that we had. Located in this incredible setting, it truly felt like we were transported back to the Middle Ages. It was incredible, and we were pumped as a band. Are you with me here today? As we took in the view Our host was busy doing an interview about this event. He had arranged for the newspapers and the TV and all the media to be there. Our drummer at the time found himself standing next to this man as he was doing the interview. This drummer of ours had lived in Germany, so he understood the language. Suddenly he came running over to me, his face was white. He says, Michael, you wouldn't believe what this guy is saying. I said, what is he saying? He said, he's telling the media we're more famous than the Rolling Stones. I said, he's telling them what? He says, he's telling the media we're more famous than the Rolling Stones. The media wants to meet us, but he says, no, no, you can't meet them because it's a surprise. I said, he said he's telling, he's saying we're more famous than the Rolling Stones. He's expecting thousands to come out tomorrow. It's advertised in the papers. It's in the media. It's everywhere, he said, with terror in his eyes. I thought to myself, what's wrong with this man? I mean, he's zealous, young believer in Jesus, but telling the people we're more famous than the Rolling Stones, is this guy crazy at what? What happens tomorrow if we all come out? And the people see were obviously not more famous than the Rolling Stones. I mean, what could happen? It could be kicked off the stage or worse. <laughs> After our meal that evening, I asked our host if we could meet in the hotel. And so I began to talk with him. And I said, I said, I said to him, listen, I said, we are honored to be here. And we're so grateful that you've spent so much time invested in this event. You're doing amazing. We're grateful for that. He said, but I said to him, but earlier today, my drummer who speaks German was overhearing you speaking to the the media and he he thought he heard you say, (laughs) he thought he heard you say that that we were more famous than the Rolling Stones. Is that what you said? He's like, he's like, yes, yes, I did say that. And I said to him, I said, you know we're not more famous than the Rolling Stones, right? He's like, but you are more famous than the Rolling Stones. He says, you are children of God. He says, you're even better than the Rolling Stones. I listened to him, and honestly, I was not ready for that response. A moment of silence filled the air as I pondered what this, this very... Passionate man had said, and finally I said, Listen, I said, I get what you're saying and I appreciate your heart, but the audience at that event tomorrow night might not understand what you're thinking. And I said, We love your enthusiasm, however, it's probably not a wise choice to say that we're better than the Rolling Stones. Why don't you just tell them this is a New Zealand rock band? This will garner interest. He says, sheepishly, sheepishly, he says, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. We will change the advertisement. The next day, rain was forecast, there was thunder was pouring down. As you can imagine, our organizer was concerned, this might keep people away. That morning we got up together, prayed together, and Two hours before the event, the sky opened. The rain cleared. As we drove to the venue, members of our team had purchased a newspaper and they opened it. And inside the page, just inside the page, was the following words. (laughs) Regensburg tonight. Rock band from New Zealand. Listen will soon be more famous than the Rolling Stones. I laughed, we laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed and just could not believe this man. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that night, a very memorable event took place in around, with around 2,000 German people. Packed to the brim. It was a carnival atmosphere. People, had, there was flags everywhere, food stalls everywhere, beer over there. Everyone's going crazy. It was amazing. It, it, I, I felt like a, a historical poet in this medieval town as I begin to share personal stories about God's reality. And at a certain moment in that event, the presence of God hit that place. And those people were touched by the power and the love of God. That evening, people who for a million different reasons would not step foot into a church, they got to experience the love of God. In true Bavarian style, the evening ended with the flag parade, fireworks, and we were so honored to be a part of it. As we walked to the van after the concert, our new friend, the police high commissioner, put his arm around me. And he says, Michael, that was amazing. He says, next time we will rent the stadium, invite Ronaldo, the soccer p- player. And he says, thousands will come to know about Jesus. Come on. Having been full-time in the missions now, 25 years all over this globe, it's so clear to me and my family, how deeply God is concerned about the souls of men. John chapter 3 and verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever would believe on Him would not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. How is it possible for us to truly comprehend and capture the heart with which these words are written? I mean, it's one thing to hear the words, it's another to understand them in the way they were spoken. I mean, when, when Jesus commissioned His disciples to go and to preach the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, Jesus and His presence was at the center of that kingdom. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Over the years, I've, 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 heard, I've heard so many different opinions and stories of life. Many, many say, preaching of the gospel. This is one thing. Preaching of the gospel is the job of the evangelist. It's their role in the kingdom. Others say, my job is to send. I'll pay the money. They need to go. And I understand this. I understand there is an element of truth in these statements. However, when God commands us as the body to go, He's not just commanding a few. It's the body, all, whole. And I believe we all have a part to play in this. You might not be a singer and have a voice and create songs, but there is something that God has gifted you in. But, 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 but what is the catalyst that causes somebody to give of themselves? Do you understand? I mean, we all hear this, right? You've heard this for years. Many of you have heard this for years. But what is the catalyst that drives you to go on a mission? What is the thing? What I, listen, I cannot answer for you, but I can answer for me. I can tell you what the catalyst was for me to give my life to the gospel, and I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. The moment the passion for souls caught fire in my heart. And as I share my history with the Lord and the ministry, I I can't help but think of that first encounter with the tangible presence of God. It all started with my parents, to, to be honest. They found Jesus when I was six months old. My mom, was born in Fiji, came from a broken home. She immigrated to New Zealand at age four. Her mother worked very hard to provide for her, but without a dad, it wasn't easy. At age 22, she found Jesus. Her life changed. My dad was born in New Zealand, came from a family that where his mother was a Presbyterian and his father honored all the virtues of mother nature. Mom would often say to me, she would often say, son, it's one thing to know about God, It's another thing to hear about God, but it's another thing to know Him personally. At age 16, my whole life revolved around sport. I was good at sport. My thought, my future was in the sporting space. But like overnight, God takes my heart for sport away, and I wanted to know Him personally. And so I go into my bedroom, I close the door. And i began to cry out to him father god i've heard about you i've seen the things you do but i want to know you personally weeks passed, not a goose bump but i read the words in hebrews eleven six that god is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and so as i sought him and pursued him with, sometimes with no feeling or nothing as I, as I diligently seek, sought God with all of my heart. Suddenly, when I least expected, this presence comes into my bedroom, and I fall on my face, and I begin to weep like a baby. I begin to cry and cry and cry. At the same time, I felt this electrical current begin to surge all over me. It was like I'd put my finger in a light socket, as waves upon waves of God's presence begins to wash over me. I was weeping and crying. I felt this, this, the, the weights of the world and the fears and the cares. I had never felt so much love in all my life. And all I can tell you is this, is that young man who stood up was different from the one that went down under the power of God. And all I wanted to do was tell the world about Jesus nothing else meant anything anymore. The rugby ball went to the closet. Cricket bat and ball went to the closet. Everything went away. And all I wanted to do is tell the world about Jesus. Nothing else meant anything anymore. In my bedroom alone with God, I was like a roaring lion. I mean, I was bold. I was seeing thousands of people in my mind's eye. I'm seeing thousands of people all over this globe coming to this reality. And so as I began to step out and share this experience with others, suddenly I went from being a roaring lion in my bedroom to the skinniest, scrawniest little kitty cat you've ever experienced. I went from being a to a I went from being a free man to a prisoner. Why? Why did I go from a free man to a prisoner? Well, as a young boy, I had a problem. Even today, at times, I still have a problem. But the grace of God is with me. My issue was I had an impediment in my speech. I I, I, I couldn't speak clearly. In my bedroom, alone with God, That's freedom. But every time I stepped out to share my faith with anyone else, I went from being a roaring lion to a prisoner. Maybe you're here today and you've experienced something like that because you know what? All of us have something. We've all got weaknesses. Every one of us, we're not perfect humans, are we? We all have challenges. We all have things in life that seem like giants that want to overtake us and consume us. And that's the beauty of Jesus. He came to set us free from that stuff. It's that fallen Adamic nature that our Father, through Jesus, has come to renew and refresh. And so, how I overcame my problem is the same way I believe all of us today, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, is the same way all of us can overcome the giants that seem so big in our lives. The way I overcame my issue was the more time I spent in the presence of God, the more time I spent in His Word, the more time I spent with Him. He filled me with His love until one day His love became stronger than my fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. One day, his his love in me for this world became stronger than my fear. That if I walked up to you and I began to talk or share about this incredible faith, and if I began to stutter or stammer, my fear of what you would think, my love for you was stronger than my fear of what you would think of me. Perfect love casts out all fear. Fast forward 30 years, 40-odd countries, thousands of miles of traveling constantly around the world, 10 to 20 countries every year. That's a lot of traveling. That's a lot of moving. And God is with us. He's making a way for us. And as we travel around the world, we meet some amazing people but the catalyst, the catalyst for me to be able to surrender was intimacy with my Father. Intimacy, say intimacy with our Father is the catalyst to the calling of God. Intimacy produces fruit that remains. Psalm 16 and verse 5 says, The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and of my cup. And during these times of seeking God, He revealed many things to me. None of them more pertinent, none of them more life-changing than this discovery that the reward for those who will take time to seek Him is God himself god himself he is our reward sports consumed my life but when i came in touch with him my life shifted my life changed listen and all i wanted to do was 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 obey and love what he loved and hate what he hated genesis 15 god says to Abraham, I am your shield. I am your exceeding great reward. Family, God is no respecter of any persons. If we will seek him diligently and take time to minister to him, He he was drawn near to us, and He rewards us with Himself. And it is my prayer today that as you hear and you think about the stories that we're sharing with you, that your heart is stirred for a deeper connection with the Creator of the universe. We were made for this unique relationship. And we will never be satisfied. This relationship opened my heart to new purpose. This relationship opened my life to the 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 heart of God for souls, suddenly I began to read the words of John 3.16 with the heart that they were written. Suddenly, John 3.16 was not just a bunch of words on paper. They were words that breathed life, and that life began to be a passion within inside of me. This began to drive me and move me, lead me and guide me, and I believe it can be the same for all of us here today. Every creed, every culture, every race needs to hear the, the word of God and the passionate heart, they were delivered. But they will never be so until we come in contact with the one who gave them. We're collaborators with Christ. And God wants to use all of us for His glory. Intimacy with God, intimacy with Him is the catalyst. It's the catalyst that moves us. Listen, that is the catalyst that moves us outside of our comfort zones. I can't say it anymore. Cl- I hope that it, it, you've got to be intimate with God. And it takes time. It takes Energy, it takes focus, yes, but once you break through into that space, we'll never be the same again. It moves us to, there's new dimensions in the spirit realm around us that God takes us to when we move into the space. And our lives are never the same, are never the same. Throughout the years, we've met some amazing people on our journeys, and I want to share this one couple from Bo- Bosnia. Can we have that, that, that little clip? There's, there's one couple. This couple over here from Bo- Bosnia, Pastor Robert and Sandrina Jurovic. Robert and Sandrina, 30 years ago, planted the first evangelical church in Sarajevo, Bosnia. Bosnia is a nation of 5 million people and only 300 evangelical Christians. This pastor, this man got a passion as he was seeking God. God placed a passion in his heart to take his family 30 years ago to Sarajevo. He said, I left everything I had, all I had. He said, I, I, was, I was working in a mega church. I had a good salary. I had everything I needed. And the Holy Spirit speaks to my heart to go to Sarajevo in Bosnia. He picks up his family, young kids, and they go to Sarajevo, which is mostly Islamic. He said, I just, I went out onto the streets, I began to share the gospel, and over a four-year period, his church grows to over 160 people. Then he said the war of Yugoslavia happened. Americans had to get out of the country. He said, as my wife and I were leaving everything we had, the church disbanded because of the w- war. Everyone had to live and stay in their homes. They weren't allowed. Bombs were going everywhere, snipers in the hills. It was heavy, people. As he was leaving his home to go back to America, his wife forgot to pick up the photo album of the young children as they were growing up, babies. She said, as I came out of my house, I looked back, but I couldn't go back. And so I cried out to God. I said, Father God, can you please protect the album? They get back to America. The war rages for six years. After six years, the war ends, and shortly after, they come back to their home in Sarajevo. They walk into their house. Their house is completely gutted. Everything they owned was gone. People have lived in their house. They have eaten in their house. They have used their furniture for firewood. Everything is gone. But they walk into the master bedroom, and lying neatly in a pile on the floor is the photos of the children and the babies that they believe God for. Doesn't that make you just a little bit excited about Jesus? Doesn't that make you say, well, I, if it can happen to them, it can happen to me that I'm ready to give my life for the sake of the gospel and to see somebody come to know Jesus? Doesn't that make you say, I don't care what happens around me. I don't care what happens in the political There's so much nonsense in the world today. My life is focused on doing what my father has called me to do. And so no matter what goes on, I'm going to get alone with him. I'm going to find him. I'm going to search after him. I'm going to get him inside of my life to where I know him and to where I hear him. And I'm going to obey the assignment that he gives me. No matter what happens, no matter what I go through. Next photo, another pastor. This man, Pastor Venzo and his wife Katia. This is us in Turkey at the beginning of the year, taking aid into Antioch. This man is in North Macedonia. North Macedonia was flooded with war. So much war. This man and his family fought through it, have an amazing church. But, but, and God is using him powerfully as the leader of a prayer movement all over the Balkans, believing for the heart of the people in the Balkans to be unified under Jesus. Right? You've got to understand this region of the world, the Greeks were there. The Romans were there. Austrian-Hungarians were there. The Ottomans are there. This part of the world, these people have centuries of nothing but hurt and pain. They build. It gets taken away. They build. It gets destroyed. They build. It gets stolen. This, these people have centuries of nothing but hurt and pain and oppression and just, just the most evil depravity you could ever know. And here is this man fighting for the heart and the souls of the people of the, the region. He shared one story with us. He was invited to meet with the Prime Minister of North Macedonia. He walks with a couple of six evangelical pastors in 2002, somewhere around that time, were invited to meet. With this Prime Minister. As they walk to the equivalent of the White House, they walk into the boardroom, the President's at the front, they walk in, sit down, the President has his Bible open to Philippians. And he says, Men, I've called you here today because I believe what, what I see in this book is for our people. But he said, every time I go to implement what I see, there's like a lid. There are people above me who do not want what this book has. Can you pray for me that God will make a way? They have a wonderful time. Prayed for him. Hearts were touched. It was awesome. Six months later, this man's plane crashes in the hills above B- Bosnia. The Prime Minister dies and everybody in the plane dies. The wife is suspicious. She thinks something's afoot. So she hires detectives from Switzerland to come and investigate What the problem is. In the investigation, it takes them to the mountains where this plane had crashed. In the media, it said it was a foggy day, it was cloudy, and the pilot lost sight of where he was going. They get up to the mountain, they begin to look at where the crash happened, and they bump into, they come in contact with a shepherd who happened to be shepherding on the day that the plane crashed. And the shepherd said it was a perfectly clear day There was not a cloud in the sky and I see the plane come, it crashed within 10 minutes NATO arrives and they blow up the plane and kill everybody in a month later she gets a phone call and says we know where you live We know where your children live. And if you do not drop this, what happened to your husband is going to happen to you. Who's the God of this world? What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? So why do we put so much effort into this planet and the things of the earth, and the material stuff that's around us. Why do we spend nine to five working our butts off trying to fulfill desires of our heart to get ahead? When the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and all you need will be added to you. The point of this conversation is this. This world is heading in a direction that God's Word said would be, and Jesus came to deliver all of us out of it. And so our role as the body of Christ is to not get so caught up in the In the emotional cares and the and the things of this earth, and get our minds and our hearts into what our heavenly Father cares about, and that is that the souls of men would have the opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And for that to happen, for that to happen, there's got to be an anointing. There's got to be some form of power. There's got to be some form of life, not just words on a piece of paper. And for that to happen, we've got to search. We've got to seek, we've got to cry out, we've got to pray, we've got to pursue, we've got to hunger and thirst for a personal and an intimate relationship with our God in heaven. There is no other way. There is no other way, family. We live in a corrupt society. I'm coaching, and I love coaching because I'm connected with unsaved people. I coach r- rugby. And I'm telling you, even in this space, there's so much corruption. Human nature is so evil. It's crazy what people will do to one another just to get ahead of the next guy. Are you with me? We live in so much corruption. And the only answer is the body of Christ, which is you and me, to be filled with the life of God and the motivation of God. And that can only come through intimacy. And having relationship with our Father in heaven. Pursuing Him. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of purpose. But that purpose can only be experienced. And and you can only receive the ability to fulfill that through intimacy with our Father. Intimacy produces fruitfulness in our lives. Let's all stand together. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound That saved a rich like me I once was lost, oh but now I'm found I was blind But now I see. grace that taught my heart to fear. And grace my fears relieved. How precious tis. That grace appeared The hour I first believed Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Jesus, 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 Jesus You're here today. And you would say in your heart with a passion, Father, help me to know you deeper. So I want to know you deeper. You've been a believer for a long time. Maybe you haven't stepped over into that space of diligently seeking Him and pursuing Him, but you want to. You want to pursue Him. You want to know Him. You've heard about Him, you see the things He does. But today, you're saying, I want to know you personally. And out of that personal intimacy, I want the assignment that you've given me. I want to be a vessel that you can use to reach others. If you're here today and you say, I want that, Father. Something in this message has touched my heart. Something in this message has spoken to me. If that's you today, I want to pray with you. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand, not to me, but to heaven. As an acknowledgement, you're saying, I I've heard about you. I see the things you do. I've heard about the stuff you do. I've even experienced it, but I want to know you more. Father God, I want this intimacy. I want to pursue you and seek you. I want to know you, and I want to be somebody that you can move through to reach this world. If that's you today, lift your hand straight up there. If that is you, come and stand with me at this altar right now. Run down. Run down. Come and stand with me right now. This is intimate, this is personal, this is deep, this is precious, this is a moment of change for all of us, if we'll embrace it. If that's you, just come, this is you saying, no, I'm not playing games. Not that you were, but you're saying, I know I haven't been seeking like I should. And today I want to, I want to. I want to be honest, I want to be transparent. I'm not playing games, I'm opening my heart. Father, change me, help me, remove from me all that is in my life that would stop me from being in that space that you've called me to, please come and stand at this altar as a moment of sacrifice and a a, a surrendering. If that's you today, come and stand with me. I, I surrender all. I surrender all. All to Jesus. I surrender, I surrender all, I surrender all, Put your hands. I surrender all. all to Thee, my precious Savior, i surrender all i surrender all let this be your cry today i surrender all all to thee my blessed savior i surrender My surrender all to Thee I freely give I will always love and trust You all to Thee I surrender all I surrender all, Jesus, all to Thee. My blessed Savior, I surrender all. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for your kingdom, the kingdom that is within me, that it's a kingdom of purpose. Father, help me to know your purpose, to walk in the purpose that I have. Help me to know you, that John 3.16 would come alive in my heart, how you wrote it, that my life would be a vessel that you can move through to reach people, that the love that you have for the world would be the love that flows through my life, overcoming every obstacle, every giant, everything that stands in the way, Help me to go where you send me and to say what you ask me to say. I surrender my life. Draw me close. Lead me into your presence. Help me to diligently seek you. Your word says you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek you. That reward is you. Help me to find you in a deeper way than what I know you today. I surrender my life afresh to you in Jesus' name. Cast me not away from thy presence, O oh Lord, and take not thine Holy Spirit from me, and restore unto me all the joy of my salvation and a right spirit within me create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. And cast me not away from thy presence, O oh Lord, and take not thine Holy Spirit from me, and restore unto me all the joy of my salvation, and renew right spirit within me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Fear, fears are leaving as we've surrendered, there's fear and care a breaking off hearts, concerns about your future, concerns about life, concerns about certain situations. In the name of Jesus, broke has been broken. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, addictions are breaking off minds and hearts as we're surrendering our lives today. The works of the flesh that so often absorb our time and energy are breaking off our lives today. As we're surrendering to Him, He's healing and bringing life and refreshing to our lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. The blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus heals every memory of the past.